0: morning. I want to invite you to join us next Sunday evening for our Super Bowl party. Uh, we spell Super Bowl a little bit different. We couldn't change the, the old logo on the thing here, but we like to spell Super with a with a U in it, meaning we eat soup when we watch the Super Bowl around here. Some of you have been a part of that before. It's been a couple of years since we've been able to do that. But next Sunday evening, beginning about 6, bring a pot of soup to share. We'll watch the game together on the big screen. Uh, we'll provide all the utensils and things like that. hope that you'll join us uh, for uh, what used to be an annual tradition. Then, you know, the plague hit, but now uh, hopefully an annual tradition again as we enjoy each other, enjoy the the Super Bowl time uh, next Sunday night. That's a week from tonight, beginning at 6 o'clock. Also, if you've got a high school or middle school kid in your life, uh, please know that Noah is busy planning a uh, lock-in for that group coming up in two weeks on uh, President's Day weekend. So, excuse me, February 18th, that's the night of that, February 18th. So you want to be sure if you've got a middle school or high school kid in your life that they know about that and get signed up for that as well. And I do want to say a big special thank you this morning to um, Gene Stefani. Gene is our custodian Here at the church and he and his wife Kathy have worked unbelievable hours to make sure you could walk up a sidewalk without falling today. Um, if you did anything at your house you know how bad it was multiply that by like a thousand the size of this building. So if you're in the room would you give Gene and Kathy just a big round of applause real quick. I know you guys absolutely hate that I just did that, but thank you so much. You have worked beyond what was ever expected, and Kathy not even on our staff. She worked uh, just as hard as Gene did, so our thanks to them. You know, it takes to, to, for an organization like a church to, to function properly. It takes... Everybody kicking in that's what we talk all the time about finding your place of service in or through the church It takes all of us to push up our sleeves and do something do something Maybe it's not uncomfortable like if you shovel snow this week, you know, that's uncomfortable And so we need people to step up and and take take some 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 leadership and some roles into places to help this place function at its fullest And we've said for the last couple of weeks. Let me remind you again we've, we've got a pretty critical need right now in our kids ministry uh, well, there's some great things happening in Faith Kids right now, but we need more adults who are willing to spend an hour on Sunday mornings investing in the life of some children. And if you are even curious what that would look like, not, you don't just say, I'm in, but just like, what would that look like? Uh, Kara, our children's minister, would love to talk to you and kind of give you an idea of what, what we're looking for, what we need right now in our children's ministry, all the way from rocking babies to teaching kids to just being in the room with kids and learning to just relate to kids and letting them get to know you and trust you. as, as an, uh, uh, Moms and dads can trust you as well uh, as, 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 as a fellow Christian who wants to share the love of Jesus with young people. So if there's some way you're uh, even curious about what that would look like in your life, uh, we, we are in pretty critical need uh, of some more folks stepping up to help in our children's ministry. So see Kara today before you leave. Uh, she would love to talk to you about that. Um, I love the story of the guy. I think I've told you the story before, but the guy who uh, he gone to the big city he got into the back of a cab uh, to, to head back to his hotel and he was hungry, he had a pretty good day at, at this business meeting he'd been out. he was hungry, so he thought, I wonder if there's a place around here a good place around here to eat So he reached up and kind of tapped the cab driver on the shoulder and said, hey, buddy, is there a place to eat? As soon as he tapped this cab driver on the shoulder, the cab driver just let out this blood-curdling scream, lost control of the cab, took his hands off the steering wheel as he's screaming. The the, the cab runs up on the the sidewalk. People are jumping out of the way, bicycles flying, stops the cab just inches in front of a big plate glass window of this beautiful restaurant where all these people are sitting inside the restaurant, eating and trying to enjoy a, a nice meal until they see this cab about to crash into them and they stop, and the only thing you can hear in this cab for the next few minutes are two heartbeats beating as loud as bass drums, and finally the man in the back of the cab, the passenger, just says, sir, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you like that, and the cab driver said, it's, it's not your fault. Today's my first day driving a cab. For the last 25 years, I've driven a hearse, I know it's a horrible joke it's a, but you'll use it this week but it's a horrible joke I tell that joke because of this we all understand wow that's really loud awesome. Whee! okay he's working on that I see he's busy all right we all understand that things that are dead stay dead we're in a series we're called questioning Jesus not so much necessarily, is Jesus real, but is he right? And many of the people that question Jesus, and we've been journeying through the book of Mark, many of the people who questioned Jesus did so with wrong motives. They were trying to trick Jesus. They were trying to, to, to trap Jesus, but not everyone. Some people questioned Jesus because they just thought he was wrong. And when it came to some of Jesus' views about death, they thought he was dead wrong. What we're going to do today is talk about death Which is something we probably should do more often The scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 We all must die And everyone living should think about this The problem is we don't like to think about this We don't want to think about this Even though the last couple of years or so Every day the headlines and the front pages Remind us of the reality of death We want to change the subject But life has a way of just bringing this subject back up, which brings us to a man in Mark chapter 5 who had to decide who he was going to question. Let's begin. The the, the story begins in Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. Let me read it for you. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus... He fell at his feet that's significant we'll talk about in a second he fell at his feet pleading fervently with him my little daughter is dying he said please please come and lay your hands on her heal her so she can live now right off the top here something about this story is unique because in this day religious leaders didn't fall at the feet of jesus Jesus was not popular with their crowd, this religious leader crowd. We've already seen that in the first four chapters of Mark because Jesus was a threat to their system. Jesus was a threat to their power. Jesus was, was a threat to their status quo that they were benefiting from. So this is something for a religious leader to come and fall at Jesus' feet, this is something that, that people didn't usually see. So what would cause a religious leader to just humiliate himself in public and just collapse at the feet of Jesus. Well, being a father is more important than being an elder. And Jairus is finding himself in an only Jesus moment. Some of you know what that means. You've had those times in your life where if God doesn't show up, it's going to go badly. Badly. That's where Jairus is he is thinking only Jesus but it's also clear he's thinking only if Jesus only if Jesus can get to my daughter in time because he's operating on the assumption that death has the last word you may know the name Larry Ellison Ellison is the co-founder and the former CEO of the Oracle Company. He's somewhere in the top 10 of the richest people on the planet. He said in an interview several years ago, death makes me very angry. Death doesn't make any sense to me. How can a person be there and then just vanish? Just not be there. So, Larry Ellison has started a foundation to end mortality, and he gives over $40 million a year to study how to get rid of death. You know, when I heard about his goal, I thought of the father who had taken his family to one of those themed restaurants— and they're sitting there in this themed restaurant and all these, just wall of TVs in the restaurant just playing all these old cartoons. Those, those old Saturday morning cartoons. And while they're eating in this, this restaurant with all the TVs, his little four-year-old son is just transformed fixed on the tv in front of him that's showing the old roadrunner cartoons remember roadrunner roadrunner and wily coyote remember those the Coyote's always trying to catch that stupid roadrunner and he does all this he would strap rocket boosters to his roller skates and catapult himself and an anvil would always fall on his head or he'd crash into a wall it just always always ends badly for the for the coyote remember those cartoons well this four-year-old is watching the cartoon over and over and over again and suddenly the four-year-old has this this light bulb moment, this epiphany and just announces as loud as he can to everyone at the table and everyone sitting around, around the table it doesn't matter what he does he's never gonna catch that chicken that's how I feel about people who say I'm just gonna get rid of death death makes me angry I'm just gonna get rid of it here's the thing about death it doesn't care what you think let me tell you about Jairus in his context Jairus was a uniquely privileged man he was privileged by his race he was privileged by his gender he was privileged by his faith he was privileged by his education he was privileged by his status by his wealth and death didn't give a rip about any of that. And all Jairus cares about in this moment is getting Jesus to visit his house, his house before death does. But his desperation soon turns to exasperation. I'll pick it up in verse 24. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed immediately. The bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him, so he stopped, and turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at the crowd, pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling with the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. All right, for a moment, let's put ourselves in this woman's shoes, which I'll admit right up front, that's hard for me to do. She has been suffering. She's been in anguish, in torment of pain for 12 years. I can't think of a time in my life when I was in pain for 12 straight days. I cannot imagine waking up every day for 12 years knowing that today, like all the days before, today I am going to suffer. She is in an only Jesus moment. She comes up behind Jesus. Her faith is so strong. She thinks, if I could could just touch his robe, if I could just touch his clothes, something would happen. And something did happen. Supernatural power came into her body, and she knew immediately, oh, I've never felt like this in the last 12 years. And she was healed, and Jesus knew something had happened. He stopped, and he finds the woman, and they have this conversation about faith. Put yourself in her place. This is the greatest day of your life. Now put yourself in Jairus' place. Remember him? This is the greatest delay of your life. Jesus, why, why are we wasting time with this woman when my daughter is about to die? I'm not saying her need's not important, Jesus, but, but she's been dealing with this 12 years. She can deal with this for 12 years in one day. Let's get to my house and heal my daughter. Then you can come back and take care of her. Jesus, you gotta, you gotta come back. We gotta, we're in a hurry, Jesus. It, it'd be, be kind of like how you would feel if your house was on fire and you found out that the fire truck stopped on the way to your house to get a cat out of a tree down the road somewhere. That's Jairus' moment here. That's how Jairus feels. Death is coming to my house. We have to beat death. Why are we wasting time here, Jesus? No doubt he is questioning Jesus's priorities. But what he doesn't realize is that Jesus's delay was actually a door to a much greater revelation of Jesus. And I think maybe there's someone in this room for someone watching online right now who needs to hear me say that. Because you're wondering, why is Jesus delayed? Why is he taking so long? And you don't know yet that God wants to reveal something about himself to you, something that you would miss if God obeyed your schedule. Jesus didn't stop just to heal that woman. Jesus stopped to reveal to Jairus that nothing is too late for Jesus and that revelation was about to confront Jairus with a huge decision verse 35 while Jesus was still speaking some people came from the house of Jairus the synagogue leader your daughter is dead they said read the words that are in yellow with me why bother read them again Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him again, read the words in yellow don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid? Are are you kidding me? How could he not be afraid? He just found out that his child had died. There could be no greater fear. Yet, how how could Jairus ignore what he just witnessed? A woman who heard every day for 12 years Simply touched him And something that everyone thought Could never change Changed just like that Jairus now has to make a decision Which voice will I trust? Which voice will I listen to? Which voice will I question? One voice says Why bother? Don't bother the teacher The other voice says Don't be afraid and I can only obey one voice and question the other. And you know what? The same decision faces almost all of us every day, doesn't it? One voice says, why bother? We've all had those why bother moments, areas of our lives that just seem hopeless, where it feels like a stone's been rolled over them and there's no hope or help for them. For some of you, it might be your marriage, there's been so much conflict Oh, you've read the books. You've gone to the counseling. It just isn't getting better Maybe my marriage is dead. Why bother? Maybe somebody it's your finances Maybe you made decisions. Maybe Other things happened that you couldn't control but now you find yourself in a world of hurt financially You're in a mountain of debt and seriously budget counseling at this point. Why bother? For some of you, maybe it's mental health Oh, it's so exhausting, and you're doing everything that the people that should know are telling you to do You're doing all the right things, but every single day it's a struggle It's hard And you're wondering deep down Why bother? For some of you, maybe it's a secret sin And it has tormented you It has filled you with shame And you've gotten on your knees again and again And you've said to God, God, I will never do it again And you did it again and you feel like such a failure, and you have to wonder, why bother? Maybe it's an addiction. You can be addicted to all kinds of things, chemicals, of course, alcohol, prescription drugs. You can be addicted to shopping or addicted to anger, addicted to social media or cable news. And you just wonder, why why bother? For some, in fact, I would guess for many of us, there's, there's a breach in a relationship in your life. Maybe it's happened over the last couple of years with, with everything that's gone on. It's a friend, somebody in your own family, maybe a child that you used to be close to. You're not very close right now. And honestly, the, the work that it would take to repair that relationship is so great, and you're not even sure if it would help. Why bother? We all know that voice that says things will never change. And sometimes that voice comes from the outside. It's from from people talking to us saying, why bother? It'll never change. Sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes, maybe most of the time, that voice comes from in here. (laughs) It comes from our own heads. Why bother? And the message can be so constant and so loud that you almost immediately question any other voice. And that's when you're right where Jairus was. And you have to decide. Am I going to keep walking with Jesus even when it doesn't feel like it's going to make any difference? That's what Jairus had to do. Is he going to say to Jesus, Th- thanks anyway, Master, it's, it's too late. You go on with your day, heal these people, this crowd. i, I got to go home. i got to comfort my wife. i got I to plan a funeral. Or is he going to walk home with Jesus after he's already heard the girl is dead what good is that going to do well we keep reading verse 37 then jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with them except for peter james and john when they came to the home of the synagogue leader jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing he went inside and asked why all this commotion and weeping the child isn't dead she's only asleep the crowd the crowd laughed at him they thought he was wrong dead wrong the girl was gone you know jesus was always saying things that people would try to laugh at saying that he was God in the flesh, saying that he was the way, the truth, and the life, saying that that no one could come to the Father except through him. So, so, So every person is faced with the same decision that Jairus is faced with. Which voice will you listen to, and which voice will you question? Will you listen to, why bother? Or will you listen to, don't be afraid? Jesus is making a big ask here, isn't he? He's asking Jairus to question death itself. But for Jesus, death wasn't a finality, it it was a technicality. Jairus sees death as irreversible. Jesus sees death as redeemable. Jesus says, I'm stronger than disease, I'm larger than despair. I am bigger than disappointment. I defeat death. Because you see, Jesus could conquer the problem behind all of the problems. It's called sin. You see, here's the deal. The world is hopeless. The world is despairing. It, It hurts. But God didn't make it that way. We did and God would be fair and just if he just wiped us all away. But not once, not once did God say, why bother? And so he just keeps coming after us. He sent his son, and that son took all of our screw-ups and all of our mess-ups and all of our, I'll never do it again, but you dids. He took them on himself and died for it. When Jesus died, it wasn't a chance. It was a choice. Why did Jesus go to the cross? To put death to death so that all of his goodness and all of his purity could be put on us. You say, well, that that sounds too good to be true. Yeah, except for one thing. They put Jesus in a grave, and God says, okay, count to three. And he came out. Romans 4 says he was handed over to die Because of our sins But he was raised to life To make us right with God And the scoreboard says Death doesn't have a perfect record anymore On the cross before Jesus died Jesus did not say I am finished He said it is finished Jesus solved the problem of death Because he solved the sin problem So now death must shut up And do whatever Jesus tells it to do Let me show you one time when it happened. Verse 40. Jesus took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Of course they were. Because all their life they had lived under the paradigm that death has the last word, but now they realize death doesn't have the last word. Jesus does. And that's the thing that the world needs to hear. In his book, Good to Great, Jim Collins interviews Admiral James Stockdale. Admiral Stockdale spent eight years as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And Collins asked him the obvious question. How'd you do it? How did you make it? How did you hang on for eight years in that that war prison camp? And Admiral Stockdale's answer was just brilliant. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. Jesus has the last word. Even over death. So let me remind you, death has no claim on you. But Jesus does. So let's go live like it. You bow your heads, let's pray together. Those of you who are serving our communion, go ahead and take your places and get ready. Father, we pray today in the name of the risen Savior, the one who trampled over death, that came to defeat death, to put death to death. The name of Jesus, the the one who speaks and winds and waves obey, the one who speaks and, and fish go where they're told to go and demons go where they're told to go and even death does what it is told. So in the name of Jesus today we pray. We ask for discernment that we might hear his voice above all the other voices. We ask for the courage to just believe, even even when it's hard. We ask for the soon return of Jesus when all will hear His voice and death will die forever. We ask this in His name.